Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Sit Down Community Podcast. I am your facilitator, Stephanie Shaw, and you guys are in for a huge treat this week as I have a panel on today's episode. So with that, I'm going to let Mateo Wright take it away with a little bit of his testimony, who he is, um, and some of the transformation that God's been doing in his life. Take it away, Mateo. Uh, yeah, so as Stephanie said, my name is Mateo, and uh, uh, yeah, so this is just like a little rundown about my past. So uh, I was adopted at three months old, and I lived in Cincinnati, Ohio for the first uh, about 11 years of my life, and in Cincinnati, I had a pretty good life. You know, I, I had a bunch of friends, and I was doing really well, and then uh, we moved out to California and it was a big change and as it should be, you know, like different people and everything. And I remember my first day of school in California, I had uh, an older kid at, offer me crack and like just through that and my whole time being in school, I had like a lot of uh, hard times, you know, I, I was in toxic relationships, I was bullied, I was in multiple th- fights. Uh, I had uh, threats from people and I got involved with like, you know, the wrong crowd and it was hard, especially at such a young age and I became depressed. I was engaging in self-destructive behaviors like self-harm and at 13, I had my uh, first suicide attempt. And after that, like, you know, a straight drop, everything has started getting worse and worse. I uh, started using drugs and alcohol to try and cope with depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts and all the other things that I was dealing with mentally. And I was in and out of group homes, rehabs, and mental hospitals. And I just had like a lot of built up anger and just defiance towards my parents and even God, because I felt like everything that was happening to me then was because of God when, you know, I just was angry. And on my 15th birthday, I did Uh, cocaine and then I started going to NA meetings to try and get sober because you know when I was sober during my little drug runs I felt like horrible that I was doing those things because it's not a good feeling to come down you know and during those NA meetings there was an older man and uh, he was a meth addict and he recently relapsed and I reached out to him and I tried to help him you know but he ended up saying a lot of vulgar and nasty sexual things to me and offered me a meth for sex, which I declined, but it was uh, traumatizing. Yeah, like just having that happen and having him say that I was asking for it and I was like a tease, it was was horrible. And after that, like like before, straight down, lots of more drugs, uh, multiple overdose attempts, and then I got sent to a recovery place called the camp. And at the camp, uh, I wasn't planning on staying sober or even getting sober. I was planning on staying in my ways. And there was a another client there who uh, kind of did the same things as the man from NA in the sense that he was, uh, you know, just weird and in a weird sexual way. And, you know, I I told people at the place that I was at that this kid was creeping me out and he was, you know, being super weird to me and no one really did anything. So I took it upon myself to take matters into my own hands and I ended up getting in a physical altercation with him. 
And then after that, I got kicked out of the rehab and I was sent to a place up in Sacramento called Quananea. And at Quananea, that was like the changing point in my life. And I'm so grateful for that place. And there we were also uh, introduced to a place called, called Hearts Landing where every week we did uh, we did equine therapy and it really helped. And when I first started going, I was super shy. I wasn't talking a lot. I wasn't really participating in the groups. But then on December 10th, 2020, uh, I woke up with a new mindset and a new want to connect with God. And I still remember the night beforehand, uh, me and all the other clients there, we watched uh, the movie Exodus. It was a good movie. And <laughs> what really happened was like, I kind of realized how much I know about the Bible and about God. And like, I realized how much he's really helped me and saved me because I should have died probably five times, but I didn't. And I survived and I was still doing well. So at Hearts Landing, there were three really important parts, uh, like activities that we did that really helped me. And the first one were the stairs. So what we were supposed to do were, was to make a representation about uh, anger, I'm pretty sure. And I got a trough for the horses, like a feeding trough, and I put items in it to represent self-destructiveness, drugs and alcohol, and just all like the bad things. And there were stairs leading up to it. And then on the right of the feeding trough, there was another pair of stairs that represented healing. So what I did, I physically took a step onto the stairs. And uh, what that represented was like the first step in anger, which is denial and not really acknowledging that you're angry. And then the second step uh, is that you're still mad, but you're still not trying to fix it or get better. And then the third step, you're on the edge of relapsing and exploding and just going into all the negativity. But like I said, there was a stare to the right. And what like I realized was I, I had a choice. Either I could jump into the trough and like, do horrible and just not work the program and not try to get better or i could turn to the right and try to get better so the first step on the right staircase literally was shaky like <laughs> the the stairs were kind of unstable and i think that's a really good metaphor for getting better because when you first start to heal and try to do better it's hard it's uneasy it's uncertain and it's like it's uncomfortable really uncomfortable because you're stuck in the things that you know, and it's hard to change. And then the second step, it's, you know, it's a little bit more stable. You kind of, you see the ground, which is like, you see getting better. It's like just right there. And then the third step, it's comfortable. You're finally there, you know? And uh, the second activity that was super important was a map to forgiveness. And I think the most important parts of this map that we made was, uh, the end, which we said was relapse, all of the clients and myself included decided that the road to forgiveness always ends in relapse. And uh, also on the, the map, there was, I think around the middle, there was a card that said forgiveness. And one of the horses at Hearts Landing, a uh, kid, he nudged the card forgiveness. He walked up to it and nudged it. So that was like, you know, it was a sign that I needed to work on forgiveness and really forgive the people in my past and myself because I had a lot of resentment and hate towards myself. And uh, after that, the last thing that was really important at Hearts Landing was the compass. 
And what the compass was, was four pool noodles. There was north, that representative forgiveness, east and west, which was not really forgiving, but avoiding like getting better and just letting it fester. And then there was south, which was uh, to get worse, become angry and like the trough just relapse and self-destruct. So when I presented this to the Hearts Landing staff, I was standing in the middle of the compass because it was super windy. And what I did was I took one step forward going north, which represented 20 years. And I'm 16 or I was 15 at the time. So after 20 years, I would be 35 years old, then 55 and then 65. And as I walked forward, taking these steps representing years, uh, I ended up on a ramp and I looked back. And when I looked back at the past and all the things that I used to be doing, it looked small, like literally it was far away. So it's it was just crazy to see that if I do choose to get better and take this path and go north to really heal, that my past will be farther behind me in each day, each month, each year that I take to heal and get better and get closer with God, that just puts what I was doing farther and farther behind me. And what we did was we reversed it. So I took a step backwards uh, and went south. So 35 years, 55 years and 65. And at 65 years old, uh, looking forward and looking towards north, which would be healing, looked far away and it looked impossible you know, because that's a far, that's a lot of years stuck in the same thing. And the longer that you're stuck in the self-destructive behaviors and the drugs and the alcohol, the harder it, the harder it is to quit because it becomes more of a habit, you know? And after that compass activity, I decided I want to go north. I want to go. So I want to go forward. Uh, as of now, I'm, I'm over 500 days sober. I'm not sure how past 500 but yeah i'm sober i'm doing amazing in school which i never thought i would do i always thought i was gonna be horrible in school but i'm doing good uh, my home life has improved so much more i'm way closer with my parents and my two brothers and beforehand i had a pretty bad relationship with them but now it's better uh i was rebaptized, and my relationship with god is so much so much better and some more things that like you know have just been in my present because I've been doing better, have been, uh, you know, I'm working and I'm soon to be promoted to becoming a chef. Uh, I'm happy with my life, which is, I never thought I'd say that. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought I was always going to be depressed and all that, but, you know, learning and working through therapy and with Hearts Landing, I learned that the like point of all that isn't to never be depressed because that's not possible. People are going to have ups and downs and that's just life. And Another thing I want to point out is that God isn't going to take all that away from you. He's not going to magically just make your life perfect. But what God is going to do is he's going to give you people and the opportunities to prove yourself and to get better. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So the point of like working and like doing therapy and hearts landing was not to completely block out depression, but to give myself the tools and the coping skills to you know, get better and be happier and really work through the hard times. And yeah, like lately, like I said, my relationship with God is constantly getting better. I've been going to a youth group every Wednesday and I love it there. There's such a good community and environment. And last Wednesday when I went, the, uh, the pastor was talking about God, you know, and 
he said something that really, really stood out to me. And he said that when you're praying, the answer isn't always yes. And I never thought about that. You know, I always thought that when I ask God for something, then that's what I'm going to get, you know, but what the pastor said was that kids our age usually think that the answer is always yes, but sometimes God keeps things from you and withholds things from you because it's not the right time or it's not good for you. And what the pastor said was, imagine how your life would be right now if God always said yes. And I thought about it and my life would be horrible because I used to ask God for a lot of bad things. You know, I used to ask him for horrible things and he didn't give them to me because I didn't need them, you know? And another thing that I've learned and really uh, instilled in myself was a uh, Bible verse, which was Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7, which is rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer by, and petition, with thanksgiving presence, with, with thanksgiving presence, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind into Christ Jesus. And the thing in that Bible verse that stood out and that God has blessed me with is uh, truth that surpasses all understanding, no, peace that surpasses all understanding, my bad. And when I first heard that, I was talking to my therapist, and what I was telling my therapist was that lately, even though some things have been bad in my life, I've been having a lot of anxiety because of school and because I just took a driver's test. And even though I was dealing with that and I was dealing with intrusive thoughts and anxiety and depression, that I was fine. It was like the whole world was on fire around me. And I was just kind of sitting there with a smile on my face because I know in the end, God's got me and I'm going to be okay. And that really just, you know, points to peace that surpasses all understanding because I don't even understand it. When I first felt like that, I was, I was super confused because I was like, hold up, there's like bad stuff going on around me. Why am I okay? And it's, it's incredible what God has done for my life. And I'm, I'm still in shock to this day. Like I really am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good, Mateo. What a testimony. God is so good. And this is just the beginning. Um, thank you for sharing. I want to take um, a few minutes to talk with uh, Mateo's dad. Aaron is on with us as well as Donna from Hearts Landing Ranch. Um, each of you can go. Uh, but what was it like for you witnessing uh, Mateo in this season of his life and even now in the one he's in what has it been like for you experiencing the change god has done in his life you want me to go first yeah go for it great um well just listening to it all again is uh yeah it brings up a lot it was a yeah. lot of uh a lot of uh you know as a parent you just worry and you want your kids to be happy you want them to be happy and to be thriving and he was just in such a dark place for years and struggling and you know you kind of reach this point where you don't know what to do and I think uh you know as as we 
laugh a bit now he when he got kicked out of rehab you're thinking oh my god like my kid got kicked out of rehab (laughs) (laughs) what what now right um (laughs) what what, uh and and so he when he ended up at Quantania and started going to Hearts Landing I mean he was still so angry when he landed there and it was a couple months in like he said that um things just started to click but for me uh I remember getting pictures of him I still have on my phone mm-hmm. uh, of him and Flint which is his favorite horse at Hearts Landing yeah. uh, got it here he's got oh, this love it. giant beaming smile on his face mm-hmm. and I think that was uh the first time I'd seen him happy like really joyful yeah in so long uh and he started just really owning his he started telling me what was going on with him he, you know we he broke down and cried i hadn't seen him cry in years mm. um and he really just like took responsibility for his sobriety and yeah. for his mental health and you know at some point as a parent you want to do all that for your kids and you i just realized I couldn't you know you can't make somebody else get sober you can't make somebody else want to be healthy um and so I think that was the real turning point and a lot of it was uh, the stuff that he described about working uh with the horses and doing the activities at Hearts Landing he just had such a profound impact on Mm. him yeah and changed his life and I'm so I'm so proud I, I always tell him now and I've been telling him for uh, a while now I'm like you did work you did like hard work on yourself that most people don't do until they're in their 40s if they touch it then you know you like yeah. trauma mm-hmm. you dealt with wounds you dealt with all of this stuff and it's uh it's just super encouraging and inspiring I'm I'm yeah. so proud of him so happy that he's happy yeah that's yeah. amazing Donna, what about for you? How was it for you seeing Mateo in his process? Well, Aaron, thank you so much for sharing um, the story from a perspective of a parent, because it's a question that I get a lot um, is, you know, from parents, good parents, right? You're good parents. Um, We're doing the best that we can as parents too, right? You get to this place where you just don't know what to do anymore. And uh, oftentimes they're struggling with, you know, I can't do that to my child to send them away, you know, to a place. And, um, you know, so that took a lot of courage and prayer, you know, for you to do that. And so I want to thank you for that. And um, just hearing, you know, Mateo's story and you sharing Aaron is, um, you know, it was a divine appointment for us to start this the program hearts and programs at heart Landing ranch in 2013. So this has been eight years that we've been working in equine assisted psychotherapy and, um, mental health. So it's all on the ground. And, um, I'm so proud of Mateo because, uh, the heart that I had that God gave me to do this was I was a 13 year old, uh, suffering and decide, you know, making, possibly making a choice to end my own life. And when we started this, it was just really the heart to serve youth. You know, we serve all ages, but especially, um, teens, uh, like Mateo, um, who, uh, just this 
the impact that they can have in their lives to change the trajectory of where they're going at this age at 16. I'm so proud of him Mm -hmm. and the work that he has done and taking himself on and taking him seriously to make a decision uh, on that date to say, I am going to work at this. I'm going to make a decision to be all in. And uh, it didn't get any easier because you still have to do the work. But it got easier from the standpoint of, you know, you didn't have to go back and renegotiate whether you're going to get involved or not. Mm-hmm. And that's when he really started making the changes. But, you know, when we, when I just feel so blessed and humbled being able to, make, to be able to have a small part, right? Because there's a lot of, there's a huge community of support that came alongside of the group home that he was in. And his parents and, you know, community and, and people um, that we just had a small part, you know, to do in that. But the opportunity at the ranch to be involved in one to 10 horses um, and do different exercises that we were working through. So we create certain activities that try to get to the bottom of what's really going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Not stay at the, at the surface level, but really get into, into the bottom and them in the, and the boys, especially getting active yeah. and out of a four walled, you know, talk therapy session and working through something to visually represent something that they might not even have words for. Right. So Mateo talked about those three things that were really impactful, you know, for him and, you know, each of the, you know, teens that were with us that day. And we're working on their own representation for frustration, which really they re-identify, each one of them re-identified as anger. Mm. And when Mateo said, you know, when we said, what does choice look like rather than going and falling into the trough with all the drugs and alcohol and other, you know, the poor choices that were taking him down the wrong path, um, you know, he's moved us another set of stairs over and all the rest of them used his stairs to represent what they were feeling as well. Right. Um, you know, not addressing or creating boundaries for yourself or having the words to push back on something that doesn't feel good. And then you, you know, basically by the top of the stairs, you've fallen into this, you know, addiction or what have you, um, to self-medicate, you know, these choices that you haven't said no to, or have figured out boundaries. And so it was really interesting when the horse ratted them out kid (laughs) and when they created this journey. So it wasn't like what we just, what they decided was they could make a choice at the top of the stairs to turn right. And it was shaky as Mateo talked about, but then the real question was, you know, is it too late by the time you get to the top of the stairs Mm. to make this choice to go, right? What if you put it down at the bottom of the stairs, what's happening before you ever put your foot on the stairs. So it's this whole conversation that we're engaging in as we're going through what they've created that represents, you know, frustration or anger to them and what leads them, you know, to lash out. Let's say another kid had a physical, you know, lashing out where he, you know, there would be harm. Um, you know, that's where we then created, they created this whole journey through the arena to talk about different steps that, you know, different feelings that they're going through before they ever put a foot on the stairs. Right. And it was so interesting, Stephanie, because they talked about every single solitary part of that journey as they led the horses around, but they did not talk about forgiveness. Yeah. 
And forgiveness was, as Mateo said, the only piece of paper that the horse kid put his nose on. (laughs) And, um, and when we said, okay, you know, so our job as equine specialists or the therapist, the, the trained licensed therapist on site to notice what's also happening with the horses, not just the people, but also horses, because, you know, kid ratted them out and said, Hey, you know, so one of the equine specialists said, I noticed that the only piece of paper the horse put its nose on was forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that was boom, that like hit hard. I don't yeah. know if Mateo wants to talk about any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like Donna was saying, that was the only paper that they touched. And I remember now that she's like speaking more about it, that the horses weren't really around. They were all like drinking and eating and just, they weren't around us. And then, you know, like that, it happened. Kid touched forgiveness. Mm. And my mind gets blown all the time, you know, <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie, it does, because I like to sit and think. And yeah. when that happened, I'm still like, shocked by it and blown away that it was, it was just like, you know, like a meant to be perfect moment, you know, and it really sparked inspiration to me to forgive. And I have, it's hard. It's hard to forgive, especially people who have wronged you. That's like, those are the hardest people to forgive because you feel, you know, you feel not obligated, but you feel anger towards them. And once you're able to forgive those people, it's so much, your life just becomes so much better. You, you lose weight on your shoulders because, you know, forgiveness isn't for them, it's for you. And I remember at Quantania, uh, one of the uh, drug specialists staffed, he said, Holding on to resentment is like drinking a glass of poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm. That's what it is. You're just poisoning your soul and yourself. Wow. We don't realize how important it is. Forgiveness is until it's called out, right? Because we still want to be in control. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was really the basis of the beginning of those steps, Mm -hmm. right? The step upward to the drugs and alcohol and the, you know, the acting out and the misbehavior. And I remember sending the rest of the group into the barn and Mateo and I sat out in the arena and just talked about what God says about forgiveness. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, the anger that he was feeling, not just for what happened to him, but he was seeing the same type of things happening to friends and people that he loved. Hmm. And there was a connection there between, you know, Mateo, this is, you know, the anger is a map, you know, to lead you in a direction and encouraged him that he could use his voice and his experience and what God's giving him to speak other up up for others like he's doing right now um, and to share. So there's hope and encouragement that there is a path that there is hope you know, um, and he is walking it out. I'm just so proud to be just a small part of this whole thing. Mm. Amen. So good. Thanks. Interesting Donna that you keep, uh, you keep saying a small part. I think, I think it was a huge part. Yeah. But I'm also, uh, Donna's amazing. You guys know, we do it. He's incredible. (laughs) But I I am also reminded, I always love the, the mother Teresa thing where she says, you can't do no, I can do no great things. I can only do small things with great love and small things with great love will change the world. And I think that's the thing that I've learned along. Like I couldn't fix Mateo. It took a, it took 10, 10 placements and tons of people and all those little interactions and all those little moments. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that were just a significant part of his journey. And mm. so, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I think God just so powerfully uses so many people when we think we can do it by ourselves. God is like, no, like I have this whole body of Christ ready for you to walk in a family of these people who start as strangers. And then, you know, just are such a huge part of our transformation and our journey and our process. Um, so good. All right. As we close out, Mateo, do you mind just praying over those who are listening to this episode? Um, just give them some encouragement and, and just cover them in prayer for us. Yeah. Uh, Heavenly Father, I, I pray and I beg you to help anyone and everyone who's going through similar, similar things that I've been going through or went through, or even things that aren't even related that are just hard for them, that burden them. And I also, I hope that you help them see that self-destructive behaviors isn't what you want for them. You want them to have a good, fulfilling, and happy life. And I hope that you really touch them. And I hope that you show them what it's like to be happy and to be set free from you by you. And I also pray that you, that you help all the parents that are having to watch them struggle because I've, I've seen my friends struggle and I know that's a hard thing. So I can't imagine what it's like to be a parent and God, I hope you just help every single one of them. Amen. 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 So good. Well, thank you everyone for joining in on this episode. I hope for those of you listening that you just feel encouraged and edified and that you are not alone in your process. Um, find people, find people who can challenge you to push you to, um, remind you of who you are, um, to remind you of who God is. Um, so with that, we hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you next week for another episode.